0: Good morning and buenos dias. Why is it that at times it's so difficult to meditate? I was talking to somebody a few days ago. This person is someone that wants to start to meditate and he knows that I have this very small group that meets once a week and Open to anyone to come and join us, and it's one of those meet-up groups. And each time I run into this person, he asks, "How's the meditation group going?" And I always say, "It's going well." He's uh, someone that always says, "Well, I, I really want to join you. I'm going to join you this next uh, Saturday." and I say something like, that would be great to to have you. And each time I run into this person, uh, that's pretty much the the conversation um, again and again. And this person is also the kind of person that opens up pretty quickly, especially if he feels that there's some trust there and you're willing to to listen. So, um, pretty stressful situation with this person, both with the projects that he's undertaking and with his family situation. And um, you know, you want to be able to say to somebody like this, hey, you know, you can definitely benefit from from sitting, from meditating. But, you really don't want to come across as being too inviting, because this person is a Christian after all, and uh, besides this person in the past has shared with me that he does have a morning practice, a morning ritual that he does. He reads the Bible and he sits and prays, so hey, that's good. I'm want to be encouraging. And so, I do encourage him to to do that. Um, And, he has questions. He wants to to know what the difference between prayer and meditation is and I have to tell him that I don't know because I mean Buddhists don't pray. Uh, And so, it's not something that I can speak about right and fairly compare but this person is inquisitive and he wants to generally uh in these uh situations when we meet occasionally like this we do spend almost every time talking about meditation because he's very inqui- you know interested in knowing to see how he could compare meditation with his own prayer routine. And so I I open up and I share with him as much as I can. And I have also asked him what he does specifically when he prays. And I don't want to be unfair here to him and maybe I'm just not understanding Uh, what this person is doing or what uh, other people that pray do Uh, but by what this person has shared with me it just uh, amounts to or it seems to amount to a big list of i wants seems that this person after reading his bible in the morning sits and then has a conversation with his god and the conversation seems to go something like this. Please, God, help me with the business venture that I'm doing right now and with my partners and with all of the uh, daily obstacles that I encounter and help me to resolve them and uh, give me the strength and wisdom to be able to um, make the the right choices and to Uh, do what I need to do and what must be done and with who I must do it with and uh, help me to uh, achieve this and to achieve that and to get this and get that and uh, that's what it seems to me that it's uh, about and I have asked him pretty straightforwardly so do, do you ever relax on that? do you ever stop talking to God and just sit there and wait for some kind of response to come back from God to you? And um, not surprisingly because this seems to be where we are stuck in, in this conversation it's difficult for him to stay with that silence at that point. And his response to me is that he does get to the point where he stops the requests and but he can't stay there long enough in silence waiting for a response back because at some point Uh, he begins to to panic. And at that point, when he begins to, to panic, he starts talking to God again so that God can help him take that panic away. Now, this is the point where if you are a student and have been in front of your meditation instructor and your meditation instructor is asking you hey how's your practice going and you start opening up and you get to a point where you share with your meditation instructor oh I've gotten to this point where where the internal chatter of my mind has quieted down and I'm beginning to experience this panicky quality, this uh, fear quality in my practice. And when you shared this with your meditation instructor, your meditation instructor probably uh, leaned forward a little bit and his eyes uh, opened up a little bit and became interested and all of a sudden what you were sharing with him or with her and he or she may have said to you something like, "Good, oh, that's pretty good. Let's let's take a, a good look at that next time it comes up, and uh, try to just stay with that for as long as you are able to." And this is pretty much the standard response from any good meditation instructor when a student shares with him or her, something like this. And if there is a meditation instructor's manual with uh, any given Buddhist school, there's probably a chapter or at least a couple of paragraphs dedicated to, to this, where the uh, meditation instructor is encouraged to uh, share with the student that uh, that uh, quality of panicky feeling or uh, anxiety or fear should be to the extent that one is able to, should be uh, looked at and felt for uh, as long as one was able to. So the encouragement would be in uh, leaning right towards that as opposed to shying away or uh, running away but, back to my Christian friend. This last time we were talking about this and I got to a point where he began to share with me this part of his uh, morning ritual where he uh, stops praying and waits for response from God and this uh, sense of panic and fear eventually is uh, overbearing. So, I asked him, well, have you shared this with your your minister? Uh, who do you talk to that gives you feedback on these matters? And he said, yes, I, I have talked to my minister about this, and he told me that uh, when this uh, happens, that uh, it's demonic, and that I should pray to God so that God is able to uh, intervene and, and help me with that. So, that seems to be the standard response, uh, at least in this particular Christian group that uh, this uh, friend of mine attends, to this sense of fear and panic and anxiety that one experiences when the internal chatter in one's mind begins to settle, begins to quiet down, or when you stop talking to to God. Look, I'm not attempting at all to uh, draw a comparison here between the way we as Buddhists handle this versus the way that uh, these Christians that don't know any better deal with this. Uh, that would be kind of silly to do that. Um, you know, there there is something interesting here that is worth taking a look at. Uh, after all, a more um, experienced Christian could very well say, well, look, uh, that is the, the right thing to do, because if you um, stop praying to God and making your request, and your mind begins to quiet down, and you begin to feel the sense of panic, well, you know, it, it, sure. You know, um, what's wrong with seeing it as demonic, and then you go back and you pray to God uh, again for strength and for interference and uh, on your behalf, and to um, give you blessings. And and then if you go back to uh, again feeling that sense of fear and panicky and anxiety, uh, you may. Uh, have more courage to, to face that. So it could go in that direction, right? And and that would be a good direction to to go towards. And it's not pretty different from, let's say, us as Buddhists uh confront that fear and anxiety and, and panic. Uh it's done differently, yes, I, I admit. It's not seen Uh, as demonic, at least not in in our Western culture. And I'm willing to bet that still in some places, right, deep in the jungles of Burma or among the uninformed uh, many masses of Buddhist uh, people in some parts of Asia, these kind of views and attitudes towards what uh, we experience, are still uh, attributed to demonic forces. But, the good news is that this kind of interpretation never has and uh, never will be considered, well, uh, something that any informed, learned Buddhist would find acceptable. We don't see that kind of sensation, those kinds of feelings. No matter how frightful and disturbing as being a part of uh, anybody else, an external source, external forces that are invading you, we see them as manifestations of one's mind. And that we can take a good look at them directly indeed, even befriend these sensations, that feeling, and in so doing, the power that it seems to have over us uh, begins to break up, it begins to unravel on its own. And uh, we realize that there was nothing there to begin with, that we needed to Uh, be frightful about, that we needed to feel panicky about, but nonetheless we did, and that now we know how something like that should be, uh, well, dealt with, should be faced. But when it comes down to it, it's easier said than done, because after all, we are quick to draw and quick to layer on top of our experience these preconceptions. We layer on top of our experience that what is this supposed to be like? What am I supposed to be experiencing? What I should be experiencing? And this is so uh, frightful. It's so um not the way I, I'd like it to be and I'm so disappointed that it's like this and therefore it it's not working the way it should be working. I'm not doing this correctly. And we begin down this uh this path. And in in a way you know this is not that different from what the theist uh, behaves like with respect to God not answering those prayers and when he relaxes and waits for God's response and in that silence God does respond but it's not what this person was expecting and so you know uh something else happens this person begins to respond to that fear this anxiety that should be looked at should be uh felt, but it's not felt because um, you're too preoccupied with right talking to yourself about how God would have responded to you in some other fashion. And you know, as, as, as Buddhists, in a way we don't handle our situation much different than that. You know, we are disappointed that this sitting practice that we engage has not met our expectations, is not uh, doing for us. That, um, um, well, all those nice and good things that meditation has been built up to be, that we expect it to be, that uh, others are talking about and you have read about. And instead of um, it being something that you feel good about, that you'd like to come back and do again Um, it's not quite like that. It's something that um, you don't want to come back and do again because, well, it's such a big disappointment, such a big letdown. And this is, for the most part, how we spend the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30-minute sitting sessions doing it just feels like one continuous wrestling match one continuous struggle with ourselves and this happens because it may not seem like it but at uh, the bottom of it there's this this disappointment that we are working with but not very successfully and it's such a big letdown that we confront with this practice and all this attempt on our part to achieve something wonderful with it is just not happening and it just feels like we're being uh, asphyxiated you know, we're being starved, something's been starved, and we are responding to that because it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good, just like that Christian that does not like where he found himself after not receiving the response he was expecting or wanted from from God and you know freaks out in that space of waiting for God to respond to his prayers or his requests and we're no different you know, sometimes we like to consider ourselves as being uh, more sophisticated and more um this and that and than those those theistic Christians that are still believing in this nonsense uh about God and what <laughs> when it comes when it comes down to it when it comes down to to working with with ourselves as we uh are well. Gently requested to right? <laughs> our uh, our behavior towards ourselves lacks the the kind of uh, compassion and kindness towards ourselves that needs to be cultivated so that um, we uh, do away with all those expectations and uh, of what this this practice of meditation should be about and what it should be providing us with and uh and it's not so <laughs> you know so the thing to watch out for is what we do with that disappointment because this practice is is really n- no different than Creating the conditions of for an experiment, just like scientists do, and you're you're measuring some uh, output, some result after having set up right, the right situation for uh, the forms the basis of the experiment, and in this case, what we're getting back from this experiment of sitting Meditation is a series of disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And the fruitful thing about that is that it's eating away at something that as humans has been constructed and has been reinforced for all our life. And that is that sense of, uh, well, uh, I want, I expect this and I expect that. And uh, there's always that uh, end in mind, that carrot that is in front of us this is stuff I, I covered in the last three episodes of the Three Lords of Materialism. It's, it's really more of a <laughs> uh, summary of that. So, we might ask ourselves, okay, fine, so there's this disappointment thing that you're talking about, and but what's what's the purpose of it? I mean, is that the way it's going to be? Is this going to be, you know, working with disappointment and... City meditation is going to be just one series of being disappointment after being disappointed after being disappointed series is that really the purpose of it um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes it's a it's a yes it's a pretty big pretty big deal okay because um It's eating away at something that uh, is very uh, solid and it's very well built in us, very well fortified. And this disappointment is eating away at uh, our ambition. We are extremely ambitious and this um, ambition in us keeps us from Uh, cultivating other aspects of our humanity that are worth cultivating, worth nurturing, having to do with um, compassion and empathy and patience and care and kindness and uh, yes, uh, what does it mean to be humble um that's a very Christian word instead of a Buddhist word, huh? Yes. Oh, what does it mean to be to be humble? So this disappointment thingy seems to be very important and it seems to to act as a gateway towards the making available all these other qualities that I just uh, mentioned and it I think uh, that at some point it's just making available to us an ability on our part to uh, really uh, open up uh, to experience uh, spaciousness and um in that openness hmm, well, um we can listen and we can experience and we can uh, feel and sense and see and uh yes, we could um perhaps even hear um God's response to our requests, to our supplications. So, I will end it at this. It's a good point to end. There are many more topics I'd like to explore with you, and if you are still interested in continuing to partake in this, well, you may decide to Subscribe to this podcast channel so that when I share the next episode with you, you can be promptly notified. Take care. Be good to yourselves. Until next time.